do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back, friends, to a new episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service coming to every other Monday on all platforms. I'm excited for today's guest, and truth be told, I've been obsessed with his voice since I heard him recently. He goes by Teddy Swims, but was born Jayton Dinsdale. He's one of the most exciting new singers in music today, alongside the likes of Sam Smith, Chris Stapleton, and many others with a massive soulful voice. And his music defies genres, mixing R&B, soul, country, and pop. He first started getting traction by amassing over 440 million streams and millions of followers. We'll get into the relatively new EP, Tough Love, the tour, and all the great stuff he has going on. Truth is, I posted a video of him singing a great version of Don't Stop Believing that our last guest, Neil Shauna Journey, heard too, and it was on. We got in touch and excited to have him in the studio soon. Coming up in just a moment, Mr. Teddy Swims. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. More importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out, at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott. I'm excited to have the one and only Mr. Teddy Swims joining me today. So excited to have you here. You know, I um, I posted a video of you singing Don't Stop Believing probably like two weeks ago because I had Journey on the show actually yeah, there yesterday. Right. Neil Sean, obsessed. I'm obsessed with your voice. Uh, I took such a deep Teddy Swims dive. You know, I love the Warner family, so I'm happy to have you here. And, and the music's incredible. I want to get into your whole history, how you started, how you became Teddy Swims, the tour, the new record. But take me back to the beginning. You grew up like... Right around Georgia, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Conyers, um, it's about maybe thirty minutes east of Atlanta, and um, so I mean, you know, of course, uh, my, my my best friend Jesse, you see in a lot of my videos, he's my guitarist, but producer, writer. He's he's been my best friend forever, and uh, we we became best buds in about sixth grade, and um, Southern boys. Yeah, man, and uh, so his dad was like the first person I ever saw play guitar and sing, and was the one who put us on to like stuff like Journey and, you know, uh, Van Halen and yeah. you know, he was kind of my my end to that. And um But you actually grew up like the the godson of like a preacher or something. Yeah, right? yeah, my my grandfather was a Pentecostal pastor and uh so you know and and I mean I, my my dad always like listened to you know he was the one that kind of listened to some good music. He's the one that put me on to like Keith Sweat and you know Boys to Men and 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 Good Soul and R and B music and stuff and of course country music you can't get away from that in Georgia, yeah. but um, but it wasn't until about uh, my middle of like my uh, high school career that that me and Jesse got into musical theater together and um and that's kind of where I really started uh, taking ser singing seriously and and so coming outside of after after high school all my buddies were in post-hardcore and metal bands and stuff and so that was what i did for for years was just in a bunch of you know metalcore bands that nobody gave a shit about you can actually still uh, oh i go i googled all of it and the yeah, craziest thing you is that you're find in, it yeah you were like in a, a hair man cover band and i don't know yeah. if you know my background but i used to play with the singer 
of a band called LA Guns. Yeah, um, yeah. So right. I was part of that whole scene years ago. But, you know, crazy. I mean, I actually, what were you doing? Van Halen covers? What were you doing? Yeah, that band? journey. I mean, even, <laughs> even even that song, you know, uh, uh, Don't Stop Believing and, you know, just every everything from Van Halen to, of course, Poison, man. Right. And, uh, That's the, what I want to hear. I want to hear that Teddy man. Swims does Poison. Yeah, version. you know. <laughs> yeah, of course I do Poison. I, I still, I still was. Um, right, actually, last year, uh, I guess it is about last year, maybe even a little longer now. When Van Halen passed, uh, that was like one of the things I was like, we should we should write a Van Halen inspired song. And you know, of course, I didn't get to put it out, but we we did. And there's just it's a lot of there's a lot of influence in that world for me. You yeah, know? so it's I, funny because your music is so soulful now, and it's this incredible mix of like R and B and country and pop and hip hop. And I don't hear any hair metal in there, but uh, it's incredible. And so, but before that, just take me back a little bit because you were actually like, I think it was your school teacher that played you Al Green. Yeah. And they were like, hey, listen, if, yeah, if you're like, a, you know, if you guys are good kids, we'll put on the whole record. Yeah, man. I'm it really, it was, uh, I'm, I'm so tired of being alone that, uh, like, you know, the first one I heard because I was just like, you know, it's, it, it's just so, it's still to this day so weird to me that, that all these fourth graders were like, you know, just shutting up, ready to listen to Al Green, which is, <laughs> but it also just shows you what, like, you know, what, what soul and what music can do, like how music is just this, I don't know, this weird, uh, it's like when you watch babies and they hear a beat and they, they immediately start dancing, you know, yeah. and, and, and nobody teaches you that rhythm or nobody teaches you, it's, it's, almost, it's like swimming, you know, when, when, when women have like birth birth children in, in water right and they can just immediately swim to the top but for somehow like you throw me in the pool right now i would not be able to swim <laughs> to the top like i would have if i were born in water you know i think it's like something about our anxieties or traumas that like cause these things to not be able to work anymore but we always have this instinct of music or swimming or like you know i think I, this it's so funny that music is truly such an instinct that a that a three-year-old you know i see videos all the time of of like parents that will that will be like oh my my daughter's you know 11 months old and she just cries and cries and cries but if we put teddy swims on she's out cold and, does it. and it's it's so wild that like they're like she will only listen to teddy and all these stories <laughs> i get where they're so beautiful you yeah. know because obviously like she wouldn't you know that that the 11 month year old daughter wouldn't know who i was but then if she hears my voice that's like the soothing thing that she needs to sleep and the only thing that she'll sleep to right and it's it's just kind of wild that even at that young of an age that something can i guess like penetrate your mind in a way that is is unlike something else and, yeah and it can it can just really like I guess live in you in a way you know what music is such an instinct in that way it's, it's the great connector i mean it connects so many truly. people i mean look at what happened with you you know and we will get into that but like 400 million views or something on youtube and obviously you started putting music out there but even before that let me just take it back one sec because growing up tell me about your childhood a little bit and about your family i mean i think your mother was like a cosmetologist possibly right yeah she is yeah she is man she's a she's been doing hair my whole life and uh I mean, even growing up, man, I, I was always, I was always lucky to have her because she was, she was so uh, okay with me expressing myself in whichever way, and and even as she was kind of coming up, she was learning and more and more, and always experimenting colors on my hair, you know. So I, I remember like every year that I was in football, like I would, you know, I would like maybe if I was playing in uh, Covington's Miami Hurricanes, she would just do orange on this side of my head and <laughs> green on this side and shaved my number 74 on the side of my head and she was always experimenting with colors i remember uh very current think, by the way yeah I, might, yeah I think i might have been in i think i might have been in fifth grade in 2001 i can't remember what 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 year when 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 9 11 happened either way i got pictures of me as a kid my mom did this whole side of my head red and this side blue and a white strip down the middle and you know made it all like yeah you know, and uh, it, it, it's just like my mom was always allowing me to. And I remember even coming up with some of my elementary school teachers, like them just kind of despising me and thinking my mother was just an absolute, like, Lunatic. horrible person, <laughs> you know, because she would just let me dye my hair and express. I mean, even remember, like, by the time I was a senior in high school, too, I mean, I had, like, I think I was in even eighth grade when I had, like, uh, my 
my labray, my tongue, my nose, my my gauge is in, my my eyebrow is wow. you know it's pierced all over my face. Yeah. And my mom's just like, oh, he's like, I, I don't care, just express yourself, you know. But they're actually very supportive of your career, right? Because you started doing musical theater, and then I I think it was your mom or dad that said, listen, if that's your calling, yeah, it was, just go yeah. for it, right? Yeah, because my mom was always like, you know, of course, since I had been growing up around hair, and I was even as a little kid, I was pulling her hair through her cap and you know giving her get her highlights and stuff you know yeah. just helping her out there and so i've always known and was always cutting my buds hairs and so she was kind of the one that uh influenced me to go to cosmetology school and she was like look baby you you go to cosmetology school and then i'll come with you and i'll just go get my teaching degree while you're going so i can <laughs> kind of hold your hand through it you know and um so we did for a while and but she was always just kind of on the uh if you need that backup plan, you need that backup plan because at least with hair, you can kind of, you know, you can, you can kind of like, you know, so much about it and you can make your own schedule and you can do what you want. And, and I'm only getting old. I'm getting carpal tunnel. So like you can have all of my clientele. And that's like, Are you going to uh, be like a hairdresser or something? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay, and so right. I was going to just kind of do it. My mom did, you know, and then like do music in the, in the background and until it paid off or if it didn't, then I was going to be hairstyles and, um, I was just in hair school at the time, and I went on this uh, annual trip that the first time ever when I was 19 going on with my dad. and uh, So he does this trip every year. We do it at the end of July, and it's like he, he grew up in Texas, and him and like 50 of his high school buddies get together and do like a weekend-long drinking bender still. You know, they all get together and, you know, just... I mean, these 50-year-old men, they, they pass out and draw dicks all over each other's face. You know, they act like they're in 14 again, right, right, you know? Right. And uh, so we're... Still, he's still doing that now. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're on the way back from uh, Texas. And, you know, my dad was like, son, you're, you're wasting your time in school. If, if that's the way you want to do it and that's what you want to do, I, you know, I wish, obviously, I had more money to help you out and I could, you know, help you a little bit better than I can. But if, if you want to do, if you feel like that's your calling, that's what you want to do is, is singing and then... You're gonna waste your time doing anything else. He said, "Promise me you'll never go back to school." And uh, I did. And ten years later, here we are. We're here. And that, that song, "Beauty School Dropout," takes yeah, on that's new meaning. Me. I guess, yeah. right? That's, that's <laughs> me right there. Yeah, man. John Travolta just uh, not as not as in shape or good looking, but <laughs> well, it's funny because I, you know, when you listen to your voice, Teddy, and like I said, I've done a, a deep dive in it, and you have such a beautiful, incredible voice, Thank and I'm you. obsessed with your voice. Um, but you claim to be like pretty bad when you first started, right? Which I, I can't really see. I did watch. It was called Eris, your first like metal band. No, or... that 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 was uh, Eris is actually was I was still in about three. I mean, right before Teddy Swims, I was still in Eris. Uh, if you if you do a look, or maybe whenever you to get this together, you might could show quickly. Oh, yeah. My first band, I have a little tattoo for uh, Heroic Bear. I was a senior in high school when we did this uh, record and. It's really kind of terribly recorded and terribly. You can hear my voice in that. Um, you can find it on YouTube still. I think there's like six songs by Heroic Bear, and uh, you'll hear my voice and be like, "Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's not, dude." Because I watched Eris, and it was like almost like metalcore. You know, you had yeah, you did sure. the soft singing, and then you had another singer that did the screamo type stuff. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a departure from where you're at today. So it's interesting. You tried all these different genres, and I know you watched a lot of YouTube. I think growing up, right? And so at a certain point, you know, how did it happen when you just started to put stuff out there on YouTube? And because doing all these different genres, I think, because you also had an alternative band, I think Wild Street, right? Yeah, Wild Heart. Yeah. Wild Heart, Wild Heart. And uh, that eventually is what kind of led to you finding your true voice and passion in music, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think I've always just, you know, because I never saw myself as a, like the solo artist, Teddy Swims. You know, it was even, even when I was talking to my manager, Luke, and he's like, man, Teddy Swims, this thing, like, could actually be something really cool, you the solo artist, and... So I was like, I don't know, man. I wanted to be in a band. I didn't want to, like, you know, I don't want to be by myself. And, of course, he's like, dude, you can still have your band and not be, like. By yourself. Yeah, by yourself. <laughs> Solo artist doesn't mean, like, you're right. a, alone on a bus by yourself, <laughs> drowning in your woes. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, I obviously had never thought about that, right? And um, and so we started doing the, the covers and um Cause it was kind of like I, I was just in a bunch of bands and I but I, I I'm just such a fan of the vocal like the the voice itself that there's just it just drives me insane to know that like there's a type of singing that I can't you know when I first even started before I even started singing was I was screaming and you know when I first met Jesse we was I think in the eighth grade and I was I was screaming and trying to start us a band and like you know whatever I could be and uh, 
So even, you were doing even, your best, David Lee Roth. Yeah, and 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 dude, even even I'm uh, we're listening to which is which is so cool, man. Because I've I've actually been getting to talk to uh, Brandon Soller a good bit. Uh, he's singer of Atreyu, and yeah, that was like my favorite 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 band when I was coming into music. Like that was my favorite. I was just so gearing my voice to him and the screamer of that band too. And because uh, it was there like a big metal core scene in Georgia. Yeah, man, was, that was okay. that was when I when as, when I was at when I came out of school and my senior year i mean that was all my friends were everybody was in 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 that world even to the point now that you know like so many people that are that are traveling on my tour package now you know like uh my my best friend tyler carter he's in this band called issues but uh originally what was me and so when i was coming out of school one of my favorite bands and uh you know i get to call him my best bud now uh uh, my manager Luke, he he had manages a couple, you know, like active rock and metal bands. My producer Lee and um, our tour manager Curtis, he had been on tour with Attila and you know all these these bands. You can we we all kind of came from that uh, that metalcore post hardcore world where uh, you know a lot of them had a little more success in it. I was just always trying to break into that, you know. So so had you been into country and pop, and I mean obviously R and B. We spoke about yeah, Al Green sure. and Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder and that kind of stuff. But there is such a huge uh, you know mix of influences in your music. So you obviously also had the countryside thing oh, going more on. More than anything, yeah, yeah, man. My dad, my dad is. I know my little brother's always telling my dad he can't sing a lick, but he he can sing, man. My dad can. <laughs> I mean, not you know he he. He's he's got he's got his voice that's really cute, man. I'm always he, always singing. You know, I remember getting in the car with him every every or on the weekends, you know, and he'd always have, uh, he'd always have that George Strait CD. You know, he had a Tim McGraw man and uh, Nelly. You know, yeah. and uh, I remember that Tim McGraw and Nelly. That was like one of the life changing songs yeah, ever, yeah. right? And uh, so I, I mean, yeah, definitely like country music has has influenced me in such a way and. Even even now, when I get those opportunities to go out to Nashville and write, and um, there's still just there's just a place that country music will always have that you know just nobody gets to tell a story quite that way in yeah. the other genre, right? And so, I think that was my thing with uh, as as I was even even that I've tried to protect in being Teddy Swims is that there's just there's just this thing about genres that can lend themselves to certain things better than others can, right? You know and an R and B, we can, we can kind of sell like, in R and B, we can kind of do, um, we can kind of, we can make love better in that area, right? Than we can in in other areas, you know, or yeah, no and, one's making love to metalcore. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, also nobody's is angry either, right, you know. Right, like I can't, I can't, I can't take a, I can't take an R and B song and really be like, uh, you know, pardon my language, but like. Yo, you hurt me. Go fuck yourself. You know <laughs> what I mean. And so, like, and with hip hop too, that's the only place I really can find myself. When you ever like in that spot where you're like, "Man, let's go out tonight. Let's have a good time. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm a sexy motherfucker." That's you know, you you put that in that type yeah. of music and Luther Vandross, yeah, that kind of stuff. you know, yeah, and and sure. so so it's I think I think these these types of uh, music really kind of lend themselves to certain feelings that others don't. And um, as somebody that you know is now like wanting to pursue being an artist i i want to mainly feel like um i am a human just like you are, and i'm sure your playlist is all of those feelings yeah. that humans have and so uh you know like I, I say it all the time like uh you know adele one of the most incredible singers in the world i still to this day feel like she could have waited another 10 years to release that album she just did and that's timeless it would still be like Totally. She's so solidified in what she does in the culture, right? That she it will work the same way. And but I think because you actually grew up doing a lot of covers, your songwriting is fairly timeless now for me. Like I listen to some of your Thank songs, you. and there's a couple that got stuck in my head right away. Oh, and that. and I know that's hard because when you're doing covers of Marvin Gaye, and I think your first cover you did was "I Want to Rock with You." Yeah, right? mm -hmm. um, it, it's you know it must be difficult, a little bit daunting to then go out and try and write your own stuff but how did you know it was clicking when you started putting stuff on youtube um man w w so it, it's weird because the, the covers were like working and working really fast and um you know which I, I i appreciated so much but it was definitely a daunting thing and also like you know when i was when i was doing music forever i always was telling myself like i don't want to be the youtube cover guy so i was always like so not and I guess timing's everything, and timing works out the way it does. And even still, as I'm uh, doing this project, I'm 
I'm learning every day or like uh, getting comfortable with things that are just out of my comfort zone. And uh, but I, I definitely would have never saw myself as like YouTube cover guy or um, and I always like never, ever saw myself on TikTok. Right. I just right. hated the platform. Yeah. I just like didn't understand it. I was like, no, never. And, but uh, in a way, that's how I discovered you because that's where I saw. Life, yeah, man. It, it, yeah. It, it was ultimately, it's ultimately the pandemic and me taking my songs that I was writing on on TikTok and trying them out. That truly is what got me to be able to have people care about my songs rather than, you know, me me just being a cover artist on YouTube. Because, you know, I mean, definitely, like you said, is it a little daunting when you when you uh, have covers of some of the greatest songs of all time, right? And you know, I like I, I still always feel like somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, shut up and sing Shania Twain, Fat Boy." <laughs> right. You know, I say it all the time. Like, "Hey, shut up and just sing Shania Twain, Fat Boy." Nobody wants to hear what you care, like, how, how you feel. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> but, but by the way, it's like eighty-six million views, so it's not like three <laughs> people saw it. I think we we're underplaying it, but it's interesting. So you did, you did all these, you tried all these different genres, and you had a metalcore band, you had an alternative band. At what, you know, at some point, you were like. This isn't working for me, so let me take a different route, right? Well, I, it just kind of it just kind of happened to to fall into place like that. So, um, my my buddy Tyler Carter, uh, he comes over one time, and he was in this like I say, he was in this band called Issues, and uh, my my producer Lee, uh, we were living in Monroe at the time, and hey, he was doing like some backtracks for their tour as he's getting ready to, and uh, me and my buddy Addy and my band, um, he he was writing and producing a lot of like beats and stuff, and he's like, man. We should, we should try to do like a hip hop song, right? And I was like, well, okay, sure. I mean, I'm, yeah, okay. And so uh, we end up like writing this one hip hop song, and um, you know, the next day Tyler comes over and he's like, Kevin, this is cool, man. I'm glad, actually, I'm gonna go on my uh, solo tour like a month when I when I get back from uh, the UK with issues. I'm I'm going on a solo tour. You guys should come open up. And I was like, well. Yeah, I mean, we only had this one rap song, and we don't have names or <laughs> right. anything. It was just kind of something funny we're doing. He's like, well, look, you got a month. Give me 30 minutes of these songs, and then uh, you guys come on tour with me. And so um, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, shit, let's do it. And so uh, me and me and Addy, and, you know, I'm in, like, four bands at the time, and me and him are working at Chili's. Uh, we, we spend the next few days getting off at Chili's, and we're still doing the, you know, we, this is before the covers even, Um so we start writing these songs, and uh, this is this is going to be March of 2019. Um, and look, when we do this tour, I love these stories because just like three or four years ago, you're working at Chili's. Yes, this was which this is, was which then. Is this amazing, was, right? This because... is March of 2019. We're getting ready right. to go on this this my first tour ever. Been in countless bands. Nobody gave a shit about. Um, I'm finally going on my first tour i've been singing forever i'm finally going on my first tour as a as a rapper with no music out as a rapper <laughs> working just, at chili's yeah working at chili's yeah. uh me and me and addy have to get like a month off um <laughs> thank god for them though you know because i think i think chili's is one of those places that like uh there's so many people that work there but they are still in school or they're pursuing something else yeah. and I, I i think it, i don't know if all of chili's is this way but i i, I could definitely say our chili's there everybody that is was working there they always totally respected that like you were singing uh, they, they you just you were you, you were in don't. school to be a veterinarian or you were whatever you were doing yeah. they they would respect and let that be the first thing and no one's like hey, a lifelong you, chili's yeah employee. yeah i mean and, uh except for those people that were honoring that we weren't and right. so maybe they were either just cared about us so much or they just didn't want us to end up like them i don't know what it was <laughs> but but you know shout out to jason and jeanette for like always making a way for me to you know pursue that and Chili's is getting a lot of press right now, by the way. Yeah, they sure are, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful as hell that you know every time that I was ever having a job like that, you know, like my first waiting tables, you know, I had, I had bosses, you know, and uh, that were, that were always like, well, look, man, you pursue that, and we'll, we'll understand, because, I mean, I had lived, I just had lived my entire life like this is the only thing that matters, and everything will make sense if I get this, so I will just. I'll, I'll struggle forever for this and uh so we we get these songs together we go on this tour and uh i mean we're playing to some nights like 15 20 people you know and we're just i'm up there just drunk as shit yelling rap songs that nobody knows and um so my buddy luke he's he comes to our la shows and he's like bro you know this is he's like i've seen you in all your bands you know and doing your thing and like but he's like this is like teddy swims is kind of 
like people are really responding to you not even as a singer just you on stage and like doing so we should maybe pursue this teddy swims thing and so you had changed your name at that point because where did the name come from it was sort of like so, an acronym right yeah so i i was uh i was going to go as just swims on this uh this this hip-hop project it's someone who isn't me sometimes and so i was like maybe i could just kind of like have this name as a you know like a if i'm doing hip-hop then it, it doesn't have to like totally it could be just something different and a different person or character right and um and then uh I've, I've always been called teddy and so i guess like when right before we're gonna go to to do the tour we we're trying to come up with with names and tyler was like maybe you should just slap teddy in front of swims and call it teddy swims and i was like no nah, i hate that and all my buds were like no that's it and he's like yeah i'm putting it on the flyer and i'm like dude i hate teddy swims it's gross it's like not cool at all and then like now here we are, here we are. and it's still growing on yeah. me you know and i'm I'm just i'm so teddy swims now and but names are like that right because the beatles and somebody first said led zeppelin or the beatles even the rolling stones people are probably like that name sucks oh yeah but ultimately it just becomes something and it becomes something bigger than you and then you just fall into it and it is what it is yeah but. and then the name actually like is is cool yeah, yeah. when yeah. i when i yeah when i think about some names of bands i'm like yeah i think they might be so cool but if i was in that band and I, yeah somebody came up with it like like I, I remember when when i was in my band wild heart and somebody came up with wild heart i was like ugh. <laughs> and then it just stuck and then i like and now i think back at it or like like my first like my first band was heroic bear of the despair and then you know that's uh, not a great name it's horrible and it's so long and yeah. so long heroic bear of the despair yeah and that's, and that's i remember it. i even had a buddy that like uh at the time was like we should just drop it to heroic bear and i was like no the rhyme thing is like what's cool about it <laughs> <laughs> we ended up just dropping it to heroic bear a couple of years later yeah. <laughs> but it was just like no no why would we do that that's but, probably one of those things that people wouldn't have grown into, but unlike the Beatles yeah, or anything. Yeah. All right, so you're on stage, you're doing rap songs to 15 people, Luke yeah. sees you and says, yeah, hey, man, so, this is a great thing. Yeah, because he, he had been he had been in my life, you know, for a while at that point, and he was just like, dude, there's there's something about Teddy Swims. We should, we should like, we should put some gas on this and, and figure out people are really responding to it. And uh, so we kind of, that's kind of like a little bit what spurred the, the, the me taking Teddy Swims thing a little serious and uh, me and my buddies that were in my band Elephants we we kind of started like writing songs in that vein and, and, and started writing songs that were trying to figure out how to be that but put all my other influences in and at the time still I'm still in air so I'm still in Wild Heart um, you know I'm still in this this uh, 60s soul cover band where we're trying to play like you know uh, little downtown small town areas and just trying to make it and get hurt any 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 possibly way I can, and um, so we I I just came up with this idea because it was coming up on June twenty fifth of twenty nineteen, which was ten years since Michael passed, and so I I just was like you know let's let's do a cover of Rock with You because uh, we found the stems online, and so let's just do a cover and see what happens because yeah, I just wanted to pay homage, and um, we wake up in like two days and there's like. I think like 200,000 views on Facebook Amazing. and we was just like, what the fuck is going on here? How did that happen? And we just see, it's like all these people from New Zealand and Australia that are eating enough. And I'm just growing like a weed at this point. And I mean, then we, we, we end up doing, um, I can't make you love me. And that just goes wild on YouTube. Right. And it just keeps going and going. And so we're just like, let's put all gas on this. And, and, you know, I'm, I remember telling all my buddies like, uh, look what, I mean, hell, man, let's let's just give this six months. And so I, I just convinced all my buds, like, if y'all could just give this six months, you know, because you can film and uh, you can record and we can play and, you know, you can design. And so, like, maybe we should just all, we're all working on a bunch of different shit, but maybe we should all just kind of put our put our energy into this. And if you guys will give me, like, just six months of your time, then I think this I think this can work because we won't need anybody, you know. But at and, some uh, point, it's also validation because if millions of people like what you do, it's right there, right? And that's the interesting yeah. thing about YouTube. You don't have to wonder. I mean, when you're playing for 15 people, you're questioning, is anybody getting what I'm doing here? I'm alone on stage. It's like Spinal Tap. Yeah. No one's here. But then that is sort of the beauty and the magic of things like that we, you know, we wanted to fight initially, like TikTok. But then when there's whatever it is, 83, 86 million people, sorry, that are that are taking to what you do, there's no question that people are responding in the right way. There's not even like a maybe, it's happening. Well, and I think I think ultimately that's what's, that's what's so beautiful about, um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and, I, and I, I talk about it so much and believe in it because 
people uh when my girlfriend had posted something on instagram the other day that she saw on 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 somebody's page and she shared it to her story and it was like i'm an artist not a content creator and i was like baby that's like I was like, baby, that's toxic, you know? Like, don't, don't do that, because, you know, she's a painter, and she's an incredible painter, and she's really trying to get into, like, and I'm try always trying to encourage her, because she's also beautiful as hell, too, like, with just a, such a superstar, a painter, and a beautiful person. I'm like, baby, you get on that TikTok thing, and, I mean, you could even just do the cute girl trends and be massive. Right, she's, right. I'm so talented and gorgeous and such a person and character, right? And... Um, and she's kind of has this issue where I, I did the same for a while where I, I, I felt like, like I'm not a content guy. I'm a writer. I'm an artist. I'm a, you know, this. And so I don't want to, but you forget how like awesome it is to have the ability to, to be a content creator, to be somebody that gets to take your thing into your own hands. Because if it had been, if, if, if. If that journey cover I did, um, man, like to, to get to see what you and you and Neil sitting chatting about it and him talking about it, and now me and him are talking all the time, right? If 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 this had been in any other time, if let's say I was in the '80s when they were doing their thing, never would have happened. I could not look like this, and <laughs> right. I do that. You know, yeah. I could not look like this. I'd be singing at bars and like hoping to one day to get discovered. And even if I had the talent too, then there might have been like, yo, you need to lose. 80 pounds you need yeah. to like the face tats i don't know if for like the vibe you know like you you look like a felon like yeah you, you know it might not have been the thing you know like and and now i get to i get to just so authentically like be myself and and have this thing where i get to post anything and well that's a fascinating thing that i was going to say teddy about the labels these days because they don't necessarily take chances with new artists they want an artist to have millions of views yeah. they want an artist to have traction they're getting whatever it is on spotify but you also have all the tools at your fingertips to make it happen if you're that talented. I always believe if you're that talented, people will find a way and they'll come to you. You know, if you build it, they'll come. And so you started doing this and you released um, Picky in like 2020, I believe. Right? Yeah. And so at that point, things just start happening. Rolling Stone names you like artists to watch. That's got to be incredible. Again, working at Chili's a year or two before that. And then all of a sudden, Rolling Stone which is sort of the competitor spin, but it still it still names you the artist to, to know or the artist to watch. That's got to be an incredible feeling, it right? It is, man. It's 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 truly it's it's. I think that's just truly a blessing that you get to, you get to take it into your own hands and and truly get the and 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 even going into. I mean, it was only six months after you know I signed a Warner on December twenty fourth, so it was even like three four months into us doing covers where I was flying all around Nash uh, Nashville, LA, uh, New York, meeting all these labels and doing this whole thing. And it was just because we were, we were taken in our hands. And, and even by the time I signed, you know, I was, I was able to have enough of a following and enough of a business that I built with my friends that was so locked tight that I was like, Oh, we need this and this and this and this in order to sign here and feel this way about this. And I was able to have enough leverage going into but I got to choose and pick and choose what I wanted. I got a great deal and I got to take care. I mean, I get to put all my best friends on salary that right. I've known since I was 16. And, you know, so it, it would have never, never worked like that. I have so many friends before that era that were signed in bands that, you know, end up getting chewed up and swallowed yeah. and spit out and now are finding it so hard to get back in or do anything at all, you know? And so I'm, I'm at this place now where I get to have a studio in Atlanta and, and give those kids even a second shot at like pursuing music again and doing it the right way and getting their following up on TikTok or YouTube or whatever it is and having this whole new leverage and, and getting to, I guess, what is the, getting to put the narrative in their hand and yeah. shape the narrative for themselves, which is just something that never happened in any yeah. other generation. Now did Warner sign you without hearing original material? They assigned you. They, they based heard a, on their yeah. Comments. They heard it. They heard a bunch of it. Um, but a lot of the stuff we were doing when we first started writing original material was, you know, I don't know, man. Now, now I look back at it, and from a couple of years ago, it's like, God, what the hell? This is so bad. <laughs> but you know, I even do that with songs I wrote two weeks ago too. You know, <laughs> like every day I'm like, oh, fuck, this is. I was like thinking. Or, you know, you just, you always do that too, man. As we grow and grow, <laughs> we just kind of hate our old yeah. self, right? But hey. Because you, I heard something crazy. You've written like 300 songs. Oh, or it's something. been, it's been, dude, we, every day, man, writing every day, every day. 
which is also so different, man, because, you know, you find that, that even still to this day that people that are in bands or I'm sure with like Journey, you know, going back to them, like they would probably get like a, a month in a studio and whatever they wrote in that, that was like what the album was, right? And Yeah, I, I think they actually recorded Escape in like one day or like yeah, something see, crazy. It's, it's that like, kind of stuff right there, which yeah. is like for for me, I get to, or I guess for what like music is today, it's like, I'll get to like do two years of writing to pick six songs out of like a thousand, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is nuts. But you get incredible songs or, or you shit on a bunch of shitty ones or what sucks too. I mean, sometimes you just get buried with your best ones. There's songs yeah. that I love that I don't know if I'll ever get to put out, you know, because they're not. We'll see. Well, how does the process work now? Because obviously you do things like writing camps and obviously the label will hook it with different writers in Nashville and here and there. Yeah. So talk to me about how that process works, especially for your new material coming out and you work with Megan Trainer recently mm -hmm. versus when you first started. It's a whole different thing when you have a big machine behind you. Yeah, I think I think um I think this was great about it is, you know, since since I've been with Warner and right before the pandemic, I was able to they started putting me with a bunch of writers and and now I've, since I've been doing it for a while, I, I, I definitely have my people and the people I love to write with and th people I get good things with and, and I'm comfortable with because you know it's it's just weird i've had like two years of sifting through people that are man sometimes maybe you're really good friends with this person but you don't have writing chemistry with this person or sometimes you have writing chemistry with this person but you and that person not really have a good buddy stance like it, it, it's kind of awkward if you're yeah. ever at a bar together you know <laughs> yeah. and so it, it it's it's just a it's just a i feel like it's just a different world man it's a it's it, it doing this sacred thing with uh strangers that you you know, you, you, you write your feelings and you want to get your feelings validated or whatever, and you're doing it with complete strangers like me and you are in a room, and I have to somehow be comfortable enough to be like, oh, so what if the chorus was like, you know, and you, and you have to be like, nah, dude, or, or without hurting my feelings or like, yeah, that's fucking cool, you know, like, so it, it's, it's just a fucking, it's, it, it's a weird sacred act that we get to do with a bunch of random folks that yeah because for people that don't know what writing camp is essentially yeah. all you guys get together i mean you work with incredible people like Pooh bear to so many great writers uh of the last couple of years but what's that process like there's a, you go away somewhere would you go upstate or you go yeah you, we you do that yeah we, we we do we do those with with uh so i i did a couple writing camps where you know we went to like we did like Big Bear and then uh, Franklin and Tennessee. and um, But for the most part, as I'm out here, so, you know, here in L.A., I'm here for the next couple months. And so on the week weeks, I just kind of like go to this person's studio, that person's studio, and kind of just have sessions here and there. So, uh, you know, not not a lot of times is it writing camp, but. I picture a lot of drinking going on at those writing camps. Yeah, those writing camps. A lot camps. of tequila. Yeah, God, yeah. tequila <laughs> yeah, for right. for sure, man. Uh, Actually, one of your songs came about that way, right? There was a lot of yeah, them, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> man, a lot of them. It's even even to the point where I find it that uh, I've 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 really been working on so much of myself to, uh, you know, uh, me and me and my manager for a while. I had I recently had did last year about three weeks in in England where I was writing in London with a bunch of people and I didn't know like really any of those people and so uh there's this thing you know where where uh for a while I was writing that I would I'd always drink when I wrote because it kind of gives you in this place where you're like out of your own head where you know I, I I even if I have bad ideas if I have like a few shots I'm always better at giving my ideas out even if they're bad right. i'm more sure of them i'm like right. yo this is the course right here like this is and even if it's a bad idea maybe even me just being so sure right up you're like fuck yeah that's the idea you know <laughs> where's where where and if i'm like you know kind of like i get a little nervous and like oh don't even let me smoke weed and i'll be like even more scared you know it's like <laughs> So I don't know, and this might be the chorus. It might be like you know, something like this. This could be stupid. This could be stupid. And you know, you know that like nobody in your room is gonna be like, "That was a fucking horrible idea. Get out." You know. But, but even now, you have more success, <laughs> so people are probably taking your ideas a lot more seriously. Yeah, happens, but right? you, you never, you never know, man. Yeah. So, so it's 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 just such a weird, weird thing to to do with people to like be open enough, and you know. So I, I used to like lean on drinking a lot to kind of like get myself out of my own ways but i've done i've done a lot of things to like kind of curb that anxiety and so for anybody that like um I, I i've started doing this thing all the time when i go into my sessions where i do uh 
30 minutes of writing on my own. So I might pull up a beat and, or just play some chord progression on a piano and I just give myself 30 minutes to write whatever. And I literally just hit play and sing the first line of right off my head. Like, you know, if, and, and then do it again, again and again and again and set an alarm for 30 minutes and whatever I just kind of freestyle in the 30 minutes, I'll close his laptop, go to my session. At least I'm in the headspace to getting out of my own way. And then I come home, I open it back up. And if it was horrible, then, you know, whatever. At least I was out of my own way. And then sometimes it's decent and it ends up having legs to start writing a song. With so whoever, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about how Megan Trainer came about. I think that she, like, tweeted you or something, right? Yeah, so... Uh, the wor- <clears throat> world we live in now, I guess, right? Yeah, so when, when even when I released Broke, which is crazy. So I had I had released Broke was my first song kind of really with uh, with Warner. And um, she reached out to me on Twitter. She She tweeted it and she reached out to me and she was like, Yo, where did you get this song? You know, and I was like, Oh, I wrote it. <laughs> Where'd you <laughs> and, get it? Yeah, I wrote it. <laughs> you know, and it's a new well, concept. She, she's a she's a phenomenal writer too, yeah. man. She's so phenomenal. I and uh, so I mean, I remember you telling my buddies because all of us were we were living in a you know all of like it was like a five bedroom house that we had built plywood walls to make it into like a nine bedroom house. Me and all my friends, while we were doing the covers and. Um, so I was like, oh, my God, Megan Trainer just reached out. So crazy. And uh, so I guess she had kind of kept watching me over the time, right? And uh, so she wrote, she had wrote bad for me with uh, this guy Rabel and this guy Stint. And um, funny enough, the first time I ever came to uh, L.A. to do writing, which was uh, March of 2020, right before the shutdown, I was supposed to be here for a month, and um, it was only about a week and a half I was here before the shutdown happened. And so the first session I did was with this guy Stint, and then the last session I did right before the pandemic was uh, with Rabel and uh, this guy Ian Kirkpatrick. And uh, we ended up putting out the song we wrote together. It's called Will It Find Me on my first EP. And um, so I, I just known them, always write with Rabel. I just wrote with Rabel yesterday, one of the most incredible artists, writers, dude, out of this fucking world. Um, but anyway, he, he reaches out to me back in February because I, I was just with him and we looked up, I think it was like February 3rd, I guess after they wrote it. And it's weird because it was Megan's first write with uh, mm. Stanton Rabel. And um, so she... Uh, Rabel was just telling me yesterday. He was like, "Yeah, she she was like a couple days later. Um, she she reached out and she was like, "Yo, I think this is my Teddy Swim song. Do you guys know Teddy Swims at all?" And he's like, "Oh my God, yeah, Teddy Swims is like, yeah, that's my it's <laughs> one of my best buds. Yeah, of course, I'll reach out to him." And so I remember like getting the text message and he sends me like, "You know, Megan says it's okay. She'll still love you if you don't want to be on it. But here's the song if you're down to get on it. Also, like feel free to change the words or whatever in the second verse. However you want to do it, like she'd just be honored to have you." And um so of course I listened to it and I'm like, "I have nothing to touch or say on this song. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to like come in and be like, "Well, I need to I need to just change this one line for my publishing, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I'll, I'll sing the song. Hell yeah. I'll gladly sing the song. And, um, and so when I go over to her house, uh, a couple of days later, man, her dad and her mom are there and just so open arms. Like it's, it's truly the most, like, uh, when I tell you that Megan trainer and her whole family are just like, you walk into every room in that house and there's like, there's 10 more people that are just like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I felt like I was like an orphan and they were just a soup kitchen, like how they loved me so much, right. dude. They just yeah. like, I just so, and her dad was the one that apparently showed uh, me to her. And so she's been a fan and her husband, Daryl was like, you know, he, he, he was the one that was laying in bed after hearing it and was like, Megan, this is your daddy swim song. And so she's like, she showed me, she's got a vision board of all the people that she's like, wants to collaborate with and seeing that I was like one of her top dream collaborations was like what the fuck I'm <laughs> I, was, I was freaking out that they her and her whole family are just such fans of mine because I'm like it's fucking Megan Trainer for god's sakes right and it works so well it's such a great collaboration yeah she's dude she's phenomenal man Amazing. she's truly incredible well I want to talk a little bit about the new EP Tough Love it's interesting the song that I was telling you about Simple Things is the one I cannot get out of my head Love it's that. one of the greatest songs I've heard this year I'm obsessed by it it's actually tattooed on your eyelids. <laughs> so like, yeah, tough I mean, love, and, I, yeah. and I heard a story, I think Luke, your manager was like, maybe you want to wait 
before you get more face tattoos. Maybe wait till uh, the record kicks in a little bit more. Three million copies, and right, something like that happened. Yeah, and and <laughs> he's always he's always trying to tell me not to get any more. And I was <laughs> yeah. I was telling him, man, my mom, I'm done getting face tats. But hey, what are you gonna do? I can't. I'm addicted. So how'd the song come about? Because Simple Things is such a great song. Um, man, uh, so I was I was at this uh, I was at this writing camp and. Uh, with Julian Bunetta and uh, John Ryan, you know this whole gang, and uh, we were we were in I think Bear Creek or something, Big Bear, whatever it is out here, and uh, we went and did a writing camp. And at the time, um, my granddad had had been passed for a little while, and uh, you know um, I and and we we got to talking about the so the concept of the song was we had gotten talking about that uh, I, I I found that the more and more and more like I had. I had told myself forever that, you know, if I ever got this, this dream and this goal that I would like, I would, everything would be okay and I wouldn't have any issues or problems anymore. And, um, and then I find that, you know, I used to always be so like upset with like some people that are, that are still in my hometown or like my mom, for instance, like my mom is even at the time was like three houses down from her parents. And, you know, my, my whole mom's side lives on this diamond, like about this big, it's truly like this, this diamond in our hometown. And, you know, like you can see like my grandparents' house, um, you know, my, my granddad's brother's daughter's house. And it's, it's so from this side to all these, it's like all my family. Like I remember when my granddad died, there's 40 people that was already at his house when I got off work and went over there. And we were all so tight knit to the point that even when I was a kid, you know, obviously probably wasn't a good student. I was, I was kind of the, you know, like ugly duckling. Right. And so, school dropout. yeah. And so anytime, anytime I ever did anything wrong as a, as a child, you know, you got like 40 people like that are <laughs> right next door to you. Like, you know, so I always just wanted to get the hell out of there. It's like, I fucking hate that everybody's here and everybody's just like, so content and then every time i go to the grocery store with my mom she's there for two hours with somebody she's known since middle school i'm like i want something more for yourself fuck I'm, i don't want that you know and and i'd just be so mad at them like not wanting and so now the older I, and older and older i get the more like especially now that my granddad's gone the more that i realize like uh if 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 the day comes that i'm a grandfather i want i want the I actually want the same thing you know like that he was always a little bit tougher on me, but he also know what like I wanted out of my life. He was also like wanted know that I kind of wanted to be this leader role and travel and see things and and uh, I I I kind of would want the same thing if if I was ever lucky enough that I could like regardless of where my spiritual beliefs are now if I was ever in that place that as as a grandfather that I could have a spot like a a whole diamond of an area where my kids and my kids kids and all could just stay right here and then they could go to the same high school and then they could have regular jobs and have families and be just safe and content and not want anything more for themselves and just have like a solid happy family simple life like truly that's the fucking goal right is to to, to protect your family and let them let them have that And, and and for anybody that is maybe i have a grandson that wants to do what i do and yeah, maybe be a little harder on him and push him to the fullest, but like. But you can tell you had a lot of love in your family, just the yeah, way you are. Yeah, and and I can't, I can't, I can't be mad at somebody for not wanting to be, fucking, you know, like, for wanting something simple. And and now when I think about it, you know, in my life, I'm like, man, I could have, I could have, I could have, I mean, I could have probably never thrived with that life, but so like, I I should want that for people, you know, I should want that for anybody that wants that. Like yeah. I, um, it was a it was an ex girlfriend that I was with that uh you know, I was talking to, and, um, I, and I used to get so frustrated with her for not wanting to really do anything, and I was like, baby, how can you not, like, how can you not, like, have a passion or something that you're, like, absolutely crazy about that you want to do? I was like, you don't, you never, like, watch, like, The Matrix growing up or, like, <laughs> Star Wars and been like, that's me. Yeah. I'm Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and she's like, no. So I just kind of watched the main character, and of course, I want the main character to win. I want the protagonist to win, but I've never, like, looked at that person and was like, I'm the one that's going to restore balance to the force, you know? And I, and I realized people don't, everybody doesn't have that burden when they see a main character, which, yeah. but I have just always been like, I am the one to restore the balance of the, <laughs> you know, I have always felt like that was me. That yeah. was my calling, you know? And I, and so it, I, it's just, uh, I realized people don't want that. People don't want to be, uh, matter or be famous or be remembered some people don't have that burden, no, not everyone you know? has that but you really manifested this and it and yeah. it happened to you and and by the way such a, a lot of great music coming out for you right now too right i think 
July 15th, Better Now, the track with Burns yeah. comes out. Then you have, I think, you have your EP coming out September 9th and the tour. You're going to Australia. You're going to New Zealand. Exciting. You're going everywhere. I think you end the tour, actually, in Georgia. Um, yeah, I think Athens or Macon, yeah. both of those. So pretty exciting stuff, right? And do you ever thought you'd be like going to – because you were talking about a lot of fans from New Zealand on YouTube. You ever thought you'd be heading over there? A couple I mean, of I, I, yeah, I hoped, I hoped we would because uh, there's so much of a uh, fan base right there. And it's like in New Zealand, Australia, and Philippines are insane. I think I'm like famous, famous over there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe not the weekend or anything, but – no, but it's, it's going to be incredible. I'm excited to catch you. In fact, I think I'm going to see you tonight because you're doing something with Warner Oh, Brothers, yeah. Are you I there? Will, I will be there. Hell, yeah. Um, but man. before we go, Teddy, because you do such an incredible version of so many songs a cappella, are there any songs that really resonate with you that you'd love to give us a taste of, like, whether it be your favorite ones? Because I, I'm obsessed with watching all your clips, and your voice is so magical that I, I have literally went down this deep hole, like I said, and spent hours watching all these clips. So, you know, sing us away a couple songs that you love because, for me, it's it, the people out there need to hear how magical your voice is. Oh, man. Uh, and when you put me on a... You know, when you, when you, when you get put on the spot, you... Well, like, your favorite songs. I mean, it's, it, it, it's it like could you don't be know. what's going on, Marvin yeah. Gaye. It could be I Want to Rock With You. And it's like you don't know any songs anymore as soon as somebody <laughs> yeah. It could be simple things. I mean, it could be anything, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what we're... Damn. See, now, see, I know I'm going to get all worked up and can't think of a, a song. It's like I don't know any songs at all in my life <laughs> at all. Um, man, uh... What are your favorite ones that you just love, right? Because I feel like the, the world needs to hear what an incredible singer Teddy Swims is. Well, man, we, we, uh, for my granddad, uh, I feel no ways tired Come too far from where I started Started from Nobody told me That the road It would be easy And I don't believe he brought me this far Leave me. Incredible. I get chills when I listen to you saying, you know, <laughs> I'm so excited to see you tonight. The tour kicks off Australia, New Zealand, September 13th. The Tough Love Tour, the World Tour. Follow Teddy on all things social media. It's such a great hang with you. I could do this for hey, hours too, with you, man. but I know you're on a schedule because you are playing tonight. <laughs> so it's like three songs. Well, whatever it is, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to hang with you. And I'm so happy you came by. Man, you, you're, you're a pleasure. And, and what a talent. I'm so excited to catch you on tour, so I appreciate you coming by. Hey, dude, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Teddy. Appreciate it. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Well, that was awesome. Teddy Swims. The tour starts out September 13th. New Zealand kicks off. Lots of new music coming out from Teddy Swims. If you like the show, please make sure you rate and review the show. Lots of great guests coming up. Also, you can find me on Cameo. The show is somewhat live every other Monday. I appreciate you tuning in, and see you next time. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.